We're going to read from John chapter 14, beginning at verse 1. Jesus said, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself. That where I am, you may all be also. And you know the way to where I'm going? Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him, and I've seen him. Thank you for the invitation, Ken, and I'm delighted to um, be with you. Um, as I drove up, um, I came over from Heat, and I stayed with a friend last night. Um, and as I came into Benwell and I saw the houses, it re reminded me where I grew up. I grew up in a mining village in South Yorkshire in, in Barnsley, and the houses just looked like this, so I grew, a warm feeling like I was going um, home. When we think about this whole idea of um, irrelevant, anything being um, irrelevant, what do we um, actually mean? So um, I have a few pictures in mind. I, I think about a succulent quarter-pound um, beef burger or maybe a... Um, uh, a plate of deep fried chicken at the n sort of national vegetarian convention. Um, it doesn't belong, does it? It's, 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 it's out of um, place. Uh, now, I'm, I'm really sorry on this one, but, you know, we said don't offend the people you're speaking to, but I'm going to go for it. Receptionists at the doctor's surgery. I mean, that's just completely irrelevant. What, what are they doing? I mean, they're just there, aren't they, to stop you seeing your doctor. That's what it seems like now. You're in 45 minutes pressing buttons, you finally get to them. You want to see my doctor? Don't think so. So <laughs> that, that's it. Uh, it's just irrelevant, isn't it? Um, what, what's, the, what's the point? Uh, the, the third one um, um, I think about, I'm a Yorkshireman, and again, I'm sorry if you're from Lancashire. Uh, Lancashire's in libraries. Uh, libraries in Lancashire. What, what's that about? Come on. <laughs> yeah, who came up with that um, idea? Okay, it's just, just completely um, irrelevant. They're not um, needed. And... <laughs> I've got, to, I've got a couple of other pictures um, I want to show you that get this whole idea of irrelevance. Look, look, at, look at this one. Who thought of that? <laughs> that is great. You can just imagine they went in and they said, look at these doors that are a bit small. People are going to be able to see over the top. Let's lift all the doors. <laughs> lift all the doors. And I don't, I don't think you're going to um, use those. Um, or what about um, this one? A protest. Uh, this next picture. Uh, what do we want? Time travel. When do we want it? It's irrelevant. Okay, that's a bit more. So you can either have the toilet humour one or the more highbrow. Uh, but the accusation of many people against um, Christianity is that it's um, irrelevant. Um, you hear the name Jesus or somebody says the Bible and suddenly people just switch off. They're completely bored. They say, this has left nothing um, to say in, uh, to, into my life uh, in any way. Uh, for many, Christianity is hopelessly out of touch uh, with the modern world, so it's irrelevant. It doesn't connect with them in, um, in any way. Um, others think that Christianity is woefully out of place with modern society. 
That's why it's irrelevant, like the duck amongst the swans. It doesn't aid us in any way. It doesn't benefit us. And then others think Christianity is desperately um, out of fashion uh, with our culture. Therefore, it's irrelevant. It doesn't provide uh, anything or, or add to life. And so people think that Christianity um, is irrelevant. And if Christianity, if Jesus himself um, is out of place, out of touch, out of fashion, then I guess we would have to conclude that that would make him and Christianity pretty irrelevant. However, I don't believe um, that that's um, the case. I just want to scratch the surface with you this morning why um, I think that. And here's the first thing. Many of us are trying to connect with life in a way that gives us meaning and, and purpose. And we feel um, insignificant, um, maybe. Um, do you remember, is it, is it the film Ants or, or, or is it Bugs Life? I can't remember. And it starts where the camera's just going down, deep, deep down the hall, and you just hear this talk, and it's like a, a psychologist or a psychiatrist chatting to the ant on the bench. You remember, and he suddenly says, I just feel so insignificant, like I'm just one in a million workers. And the guy says, you are. Now you've got the key to life. And that's the reality for many people that just feel insignificant, but they want to connect with life in some way where they feel they've got significance. Um, when I was growing up, um, I, um, I've got three sisters. Uh, we were, my dad was a minor. There wasn't much money around. And at Christmas time, we got to this stage where we just thought we wanted a, a TV uh, for the children and a, a computer. So I convinced my sisters that this would be a great idea that we put all our Christmas money together so that we could get uh, the TV and the computer, which they agreed to. And then on Christmas Day, um, I revealed to them that that said TV and computer were going to be located in my bedroom, uh, which <laughs> uh, came as a, as a shock to them and has ruined our relationship for the last uh, 40 odd years. But, <laughs> but I remember that TV and it, it had a, a, a circular aerial on the back. I wonder if you remember them or if, you, if you've seen them. Similar to uh, this one, this has just got one. But you had to move the aerial and get it in just the right place for whatever the channel was and you get a clear picture and you get um, good sound quality. Um, but then you'd have to tell everybody else in the house, do not move, don't open or close any doors, don't move the curtains, because if they did, you, you were back adjusting, trying to get the quality uh, of picture um, again. And it seems to me that that, uh, if we're honest, that many of us feel like that about life. We feel that our life is precariously balanced, a bit like that area. If we, sometimes if we just get it in the right place, through the right reasons, we, we'll get this clear picture and clear audio. Life will be okay. But then, a door of opportunity closes. Uh, the wind of, of some trial uh, blows um, our way. There's some disruption, and we're left thinking, I'm just all a mess again. <laughs> It's not quite clear. This is the thing that James went through, isn't it, uh, as he uh, shared with us. What do I do about it? And when we're trying to connect with this way for meaning and significance, Jesus speaks into that situation and he says, I am the way. Now, if you think about it, what could be more relevant than that. That was one of Jesus' claims while he was here on earth. I am the way. I am the answer to your feelings of 
insignificance, of not thinking that you have meaning or purpose. You see, the reality for many of us is that we already feel out of touch <laughs> with life. We already feel that the picture of our life is a bit hazy, a bit of a blur. The sound quality is not uh, as we would want. Oh, we look to all sorts of things to try and sort that out. Um, lots of different things. One of the big ones is relationships. If I can just get the right um, relationship, uh, then I'll have significance and meaning and purpose. But relationships don't deliver across the board. And I'm not just talking about damaged and broken relationships, but even the ones where they're dedicated and beautiful, but they don't deliver the meaning and purpose and that fullest, truest significance that we're looking for. And I wonder if any of you had, put your hand up if you had this exact um, toy. Put your hand up if you had that exact um, toy. Yeah, there we go. All in my age bracket. Of course we did. Uh, I mean this, but everybody's had one along the way, one of these. Uh, not necessarily the exact same one, but just a toy where you have to get the right shapes into the right um, part. Uh, you won't get this one now because those people who put their hand up will testify that it wouldn't pass safety standards because you had to pull the blue and red apart and shake out all the things. And if you let go of one of those things, your finger in the way. Like, you know, in all, there's not many of us in the 40 to 50 age brackets who've still got all um, our fingers because of that um, toy. Um, but you get the right shapes into the right um, holes and they're, they're all there. And many of us, that's what we're trying to do with um, life. And we think that relationships with somebody, whether a spouse or whether it be a good friendship or with our parents, whatever it is, but that will be the significant relationship that fills the whole. Um, a French theologian, mathematician, and philosopher, and Blaise Pascal, he talks about this a, a lot that we, but he says we all have a God-shaped hole uh, within us. And you can't fill that hole with anything other than God um, himself. And Jesus says, that that hole is only filled through a relationship um, with God, and He's the way to that relationship. You see, there is a relationship that gives us significance. There is a relationship uh, that, sure, that gives us meaning and purpose. You see, the problem isn't that we look to relationships to find meaning and purpose. The problem is that we're not connected to that relationship that gives meaning and purpose to all of the relationships. And Jesus says that he is the way to that relationship. Jesus is relevant because he's the way to God, to that relationship that fills the whole, giving lasting and meaning and purpose. Here's a second thing just to scratch um, the surface about um, is Christianity relevant? Many of us feel confused. We're confused about life. We're a bit perplexed. We want some kind of stability um, and some kind of clarity. But there are so many com competing voices out um, there. So many loud voices shouting at us, this is, this is what you need to do. This is the truth. This is the wisdom you need to um, live by. But of course, many of them are contradictory and opposed to one another. We want direction, but no one seems to be giving it to us clearly. Um, I remember I had to go to Sheffield to and be a witness in a, a court case. Um, 
and I put my sat-nav on and I'd been told that there was parking outside the courthouse and that wouldn't be a problem. But when I arrived, the road to the courthouse was closed off. It had been blocked off. Um, I did that thing where I thought, well, if I, I'll just go and try to come in from another angle and the sat-nav will redirect me another way in. But it kept bringing me back to the same point. And I remember getting increasingly more frustrated. I just kept coming back, coming back. I got so frustrated that I was ne negligent and I ended up hitting a taxi um, and then I had to pay um, um, for the repairs um, of that. You see, that's how many of us um, feel about life. That's how we feel about life sometimes. Um, we feel a bit confused and we feel like people have given us the direction and they've told us where to go and how it should work out. But some way down the line, we just hit a dead end and it says road closed. And we, we listen to other advice and we try to navigate, recalculate to come in from a different direction. But still, we just hit that dead end. Time and time again, we find ourselves thinking we've been sold a lie. Take this job, take this promotion, then you're going to be really satisfied. That will sort your life out. And it doesn't deliver. Go on this um, holiday. Your worries and your anxieties will be swept away. And maybe they are for the week or two weeks. And then we come back and within a week or two weeks, they're, they're back. Or that home that was going to grant you the security that you crave doesn't. And we're perplexed and confused and we're saying we're listening to the different voice and the different advice, but it doesn't seem to be giving me the stability and clarity that I want. And into this situation, Jesus says, I am the truth. I am the truth. Not just a truth and not even just merely intellectual truth. But truth that works out in experience, truth um, that liberates and brings freedom. Jesus said to his followers, you shall know the truth and the truth um, shall set you free. Jesus is the truth that um, liberates. But how do we view that truth? That was one of the things that was um, important for James, wasn't it? Is it true? Uh, imagine this. I'm just give you another um, scenario. Um, you go to a park. There's a young child um, with um, their parents. They go into the park uh, and the child gets in there and he sees the fence all around the parked area and he thinks to himself, why is this fence here? I don't like this fence. Um, I want to go play in the woods and I can't get to the woods now and there's that pond over there with all the swans and I want to go down there and it, this is so restrictive. And then he looks at some signs and um, at the gate it says no dogs allowed and he says, I love dogs, I love pets, I want to throw a ball and uh, and see the little dog run um, after it. Why, why are these people trying to squash my um, fun? And then he goes over to play on the climbing frame, and he, he keeps getting this black rubbery stuff um, in his um, trainers, and he's, he's, he's crying out and whining. I mean, it's a very whiny kid, you know that already, don't you? And he's, he's whining about, oh, listen to you, I hate this stuff in my shoes. And there's his mum and dad sitting there, and they, they think, oh, I'm so glad that this fence is here. Because little whiny Johnny can't run off into the woods or fall into the pond. I'm really glad there's that sign on the gate that doesn't allow dogs to come in. So that it can be safe just in case anybody's got a dog that's out of control. And then they see him drop from the climbing frame. Secretly they're thinking, oh, I'm glad he's fallen. Little whiner. But, but then they say, <laughs> but then they say, then they say, um, you know, it's really good that that black rubber's there to 
so that he bounces and doesn't hurt himself. Just think about those two perspectives on that area. Okay, the child sees it all as restrictive, restricting their life, restricting their fun, the enjoyment could have. The parents view it as the perfect environment in which he can flourish and enjoy himself. Is it possible that when Jesus says, I am the truth, that if he's the God who's created us, that his truth creates, therefore, the environment in which we can flourish as opposed to an environment in which we feel restricted. Jesus says, I am um, the truth. That was his um, claim. Uh, people, I, you know, I know I've got off my script a lot. I'm back on uh, the script. Now let's go to the next um, thing. Remember people used to talk about the rat um, race? Uh, remember that? People, particularly in big cities, um, you know, the rat race, you're getting and some more money, get that promotion. Happiness is just around the corner. Keep um, going, buy the house that you need. Happiness is just around the corner. And people, you've got this idea, this rat race that people are striving uh, to have that stable um, life, but they never uh, achieve it. Or maybe you feel more you've been like a hamster on a wheel and people tell you to keep going and the wheel's gonna take you somewhere and you think it's not taking me anywhere, I just keep treading um, around. But what if, it's not a rat race. What if life is a bit of a maze? But what if Jesus says, I'm the map to the maze. I can show you how to navigate life. I can show you life in all its fullness because I am the truth that governs the whole of human existence. I guess that would make him hugely relevant. Here's a third thing that to scratch the surface with. Many of us feel a bit empty, we feel a bit um, hollow, uh, and what we're looking for is satisfaction and, uh, and fulfillment. Again, James tried all sorts of things, didn't he, to get that satisfaction, that fulfillment, drink, um, women, um, drugs. And so many things claim they'll fill us. Ads for food promise that they'll fill us, but we're soon um, hungry again. It's not going to stop me calling at the service station and having my Burger King on the way back, but I know that I'll eat when I get home as well. Uh, the media um, industry promise um, that they'll delight us, but we're soon um, bored. Um, watching the stats for watching TV, um, surfing the web, social media, playing computer games have just gone through the roof, increased dramatically. It's like we're entertaining ourselves um, to death. Uh, no longer really living life, uh, but just amusing ourselves until life is over. Um, fairly recently, I had to take a long-haul um, flight. Um, you can probably guess I'm not the kind of person to be caged um, in, a, in a place for the safety of others. Um, but I, I did this long-haul flight, and, and I thought, oh, I really weren't looking for it 12 to 14 hours. Uh, and then I got on there, and... Um, you know, I've got three children, so I've not had control of the TV for the last 15 years. But I've got this TV in front of me. I've got complete control over it. Do you know what I did? I watched four films back to back. Just, wow, um, through them. What was I doing? Numbing my senses. I just needed to numb myself in order to get through the next 12 to 14 hours. And it seems to me that lots of people are approaching life like that. They think, you know, this, this whole life is a long-haul thing, 70-plus years maybe. And they're just trying to numb themselves to get through it, amusing ourselves uh, to death. Well, the Rolling Stones, maybe they were right. Maybe we just can't get no satisfaction, and we know that. But into this situation, into this very real human experience, 
Jesus says, I am the life. I am the life. He claims that he came so that we might have life in all its fullness. That our very existence is tied um, to his. Now imagine I just um, spend some time with... Put your hand up if anybody's got a four-year-old boy. A four-year-old boy, anybody? Okay, oh, we're going a bit closer. I'm coming to the person who's closer because I've just, I called at the last, same one. Oh, brilliant, beautiful. And I, uh, earlier, um, I asked a lad and I thought he said his name was Joseph. And then at the end, he came up and says, my name's Fraser. I said, oh, I'm sorry, but I called him Joseph. What's your lad's name? Last name. His name? Oh, Leo. Leo, okay. We've got Leo. So I go up and I have a chat about Leo. I said, what, what does he like? Now, just imagine this, well, the favorite, his favorite things are painting and drawing. He loves that. Um, he's also really into um, digging. He, he loves a day at the beach um, and also trains. Loves trains. Have I, have I done all right? Well, there we go. This is not like some psychic thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is like Bible stuff, not psychic stuff. But, so imagine that. And, um, and then I, um, I said, look, would you mind if I build at the, at the bottom of your garden um, a room that's 20 feet by 30 feet. It's quite a big room, but I want to build it for Leo uh, and do some stuff for him. Would you mind? And they say, yes. So I build this room, and then I, I turn up, and I, I say to Leo, I said, I built this uh, room for you. Um, the door's locked so that your siblings can't go in. Has he got siblings? Yeah. It has a lock on the door so they can't go in. Um, here's the key. It's all yours. Um, we've got planning permission. You know, it's all above board. Um, so I give him the key. I leave. I come back on Monday. And I find him, um, he's opening a tin of paint with the key and he's dipping the key in it and then he's, he's painted on the, on the wall outside this um, room. And he, he's smiling, I look at him, I think, look at him, he's happy. Is he happy? Of course he's happy. Um, you know, he's opened the can and he's dipping it in, he's doing something. So I come back on um, Tuesday um, and I, I see him and he's, he's digging in the ground, he's making a little channel with the key and then he's pouring water into it. And he's got this massive beam as he sees the water uh, trickle down. Um, is he happy? Yeah, he's, he's, he's happy. Um, he's starting to annoy me a bit because he's not, you know, he's just using the key for that, but he's, he's happy. Uh, and then I come back on Wednesday, um, and um, on um, Wednesday, um, have you got a drive with block paving? No. Well, I'm not building you one. You've already got a, I've already given you a room. <laughs> like, come on. I've already built a thing. Like, but let's imagine you have got um, a drive with block um, paving. And, um, and I see and um, Leo going between the cracks in the block, going, choo, 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 choo. And he's just, he's just delighted. Is he happy? Yes. Um, but then I grab him by the scruff of the neck, because I've, you probably realize I'm not a, great, I'm not a very patient guy. I've got fed up. I said, look, I gave you this key for that room. So I take him down there, and we unlock the door. And he goes in, and, and on this part of the room, um, it's just full of all the different colored paints you could possibly imagine. Um, one of the walls is a, a blackboard and there's all the chalks. And there there's easels full of paper and stencils. Uh, and over this um, side, there's a, a, it's a foot deep in, in sand. And there's a, a little digger where he can um, dig around. And there's a pump where he can put water out and watch the um, channels go out. And then in the middle, um, surrounding him, is this um, city a railroad um, city with Hornby tracks and, uh, and trains, and he's just kind of <laughs> shaking. He's so excited. He's ecstatic. Uh, was he having fun outside uh, with the key? Was he happy? Uh, yes. Um, had he unlocked 
true happiness and joy? No. Because he had not understood the purpose, the key, and what was awaiting him. And so many people are, are living life like that. I'm not trying to say they're not happy. Um, there's a happiness there and bouts of happiness and long stretches of happiness. But have they got that joy and that life that God intended for them in Jesus? No. You see, the search for meaning, purpose, significance, clarity, stability, satisfaction, and fulfillment ends with Jesus. He's the key to life. He's the way to that ultimate relationship with God the Father that gives meaning and significance. He's the truth that dispels confusion and brings stability and clarity. He's the life that provides satisfaction, the satisfaction we so crave. But fortunately, too many of us are content to use the key to open tins of paint, dig in the dirt, rather than unlock the abundance of life that is offered to us in Jesus. For me and for James, what we discovered is that there couldn't be anything more relevant than Jesus Christ, the absolute key to our existence. The question is, are you ready to unlock life through him? One of the things that and Christians, those who know Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life, love to do is one of their heart responses is to sing about all he's done for him, to praise him and thank him for that. And we're going to do that now in our final song. Thank you.